Hey there! Welcome to another episode of The Possession Arrow, the podcast dedicated to all things college basketball. I'm your host, Patrick, and you can find me on Twitter at Pat, the letter N, Shaker. It's Selection Sunday, March 14th, 2021, and in this bonus episode, we sit down with Alec Quaid, Cleveland State beat writer for HorizonRoundtable.com. We talk about Cleveland State making the NCAA tournament as a 15 seed, and we'll get Alec's thoughts on the tournament field itself. So till then, I hope you stick around, and I hope you enjoy. And we are live, episode number 11, little bonus episode for everybody. Uh, happy Selection Sunday. I'm your host, Patrick. You can find me on Twitter at Pat the Letter and Shaker. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast at, including Apple, Spotify, wherever. And, uh, you know, based out of Cleveland, Ohio, and we do have a local team in the tournament. And uh, I've been following this kid for years, and, and he got an opportunity to go cover Cleveland State, uh, Cleveland State Viking beat writer for HorizonRoundtable.com. Alec Quaid joins us. Alec, what's going on, bud? Hey, Pat. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I we kind of set this up a couple, you know, when, when Cleveland State was going on a run, you know, I figured uh, I thought it'd be good to get a Cleveland State perspective, you know, a local, a local idea. You know, you've been around this team all year. Um, first, I, I got to ask, uh, how was it, you know, has, for those that don't follow him, um, and he'll plug his Twitter here at the end. Uh, how was it going to Indianapolis to cover the Horizon League? I know it's a it's a different year, not necessarily you know the media availability that we're used to being in a pandemic. But you've been around Cleveland State all year. How was the opportunity getting to go uh, to Indy and uh, cover the tournament? Oh, it was it was a tremendous experience. Uh, can't thank uh, the guys over at Horizon enough for. Uh, uh, nominating me to go represent them at the uh, semifinals and finals. Um, people want to talk about um, how uh, the experience was with no fans. Um, I, I was at all, pretty much all, but I think one of the home games for CSU all season. So I was uh, uh, pretty used to the no fan deal um, at that point. Uh, so that really didn't phase me too much. Um, they did have the uh, media up in the uh, 300 section, though, um, which was a little bit disappointing, but I understand why you wanted to keep everyone as far apart as possible, and you, you had the luxury to do that in a bigger arena like that. Um, so, I mean, I had, a, I had a good view of everything, had a good view of the court, um, but as far as uh, the atmosphere goes, um, most of the noise, or pretty much all the noise was being made by the benches of the different <laughs> teams. Uh, most notably Cleveland State's bench. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure that's we'll something that. we'll talk about. <laughs> yes, that's, we'll get into that a little bit later, I'm sure. But uh, they were making a lot of noise, generating a lot of energy uh, for the guys on the floor. And uh, that's going to be something that's going to need to keep up uh, through the tournament. Um, I know that um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, actually, that the NCAA tournament will have some fans in some capacity, but obviously it won't be like it normally is. So it's really going to be up to those guys on the bench to uh, help create energy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, particularly looking at the Horizon League, obviously you're, you've been around Cleveland State all year, and that's kind of the, 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 the point of, of having you on here. Um, looking at this Cleveland State team, um, you know, for third tournament appearance in, in, in school history, first since 2009, um, you know, you, you, get, you get a guy like Dennis Gates, 
uh, from the Leonard Hamilton tree down in, down in Tallahassee. What, what kind of effect, and like I said, you've been around this team all year, what, what kind of effect de- did Dennis Gates really have on uh, a locker room and a culture and a program, which from, from what I read correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, his first team meeting, four players showed up. What, that's correct. That's what, correct. What, what kind of a, what kind of effect uh, on the culture has he had this year, and 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 really getting those guys to where they need to be? Well, I think it really goes back to his first year, um, where he was co-coach of the year in the Horizon League, um, won it with uh, the right state head coach Scott Nagy. But um, that team, he really threw together um, with mostly um, mostly non-scholarship players. Um, a lot of some of whom are still on the team this year, but just don't have a regular rotation spot due to uh, the the newcomers on the team. But um, <clears throat> yeah, he, he's just been an incredible presence. Uh, he's been a calming presence. Um, I, he, everything they do uh, is based on their eight uh, core values. Um, all of, all of them, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but I know it's friendship, accountability, trust, uh, toughness, uh, the the rest of them escape me, but everything they do is based on those eight, uh, based on those core values. And, uh, you can really see that not only on the floor, but off of it, uh, when he took over the program, um, that, the Cleveland State uh, basketball men's basketball program was in rough shape, not only off, on the floor, but off of it. Um, they were not doing well academically whatsoever. And um, Gates has really turned that around. And uh, in, in fact, this season in the fall semester, Cleveland State, the men's basketball program, had the second highest team GPA in the, in the history of the program. Oh, wow. So not only has Gates gotten these guys to buy in on the floor, but he's gotten them to buy on into the process of uh, the academics off the floor. And um, I actually uh, have experience working as a team manager for Cleveland state uh, during the end of the Gary waters uh, tenure. And I can tell you from my experiences with some of the players, that was definitely not the case as far as buying in off the floor to their academics. So kudos to him for doing that. And, uh, you know, I, in a year where there's a pandemic going on, I don't know how the hell he did it, uh, <laughs> getting those guys to buy into online classes like that. But, you know, it, it's, it's just a testament to him and his staff That's uh, what they've done. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's funny, not many. And, and I, I watched, I watched the Horizon League tournament really closely. One, one of the previous episodes, I, I went on and on about how I've never seen during the quarterfinals of that tournament, I've never seen such a great four game slate of basketball than what the quarterfinals had for that tournament with all, with all those overtime wins. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the Cleveland state game that night. So I was unable to really watch the uh, other games. I was wishing the league kind of staggered them out a little bit more, Yeah, but that was, uh, they, they, yeah, that, that night, uh, the Horizon league got a lot of, uh, publicity on Sports Center, rightfully so, because it all all the games were all of the one of the quarterfinal games were in overtime, and the one that wasn't in overtime was uh, for those beater, that right? didn't watch uh, was a buzzer beater at the at the last second. Yeah. Uh, so that it, it, yeah, that was absolutely incredible. Um, going going back to what Cleveland State doing, and and my own my other point, you know, I, I like that Dennis Gates. I was looking at his staff, you know, being, you know, I, I'm I'm pushing thirty next month, and and I. I grew up knowing 
you know, how I grew up watching Drew Joyce practice with LeBron and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. seeing, seeing that he's also getting the local influence, I like that. I, I, that's one thing I've always talked about with these coaches locally is, is yeah, Ohio state's going to get there. Cincinnati's going to get theirs, but you, there's local talent that people don't know about. And, oh yeah. And, and I think, I think Dennis Gates has done an incredible job with that. Um, what, what, at what point in the season, um, and I know everyone wants to go, you know, to the Ohio game, and, and you know, I mean, I, understandably so. What point in the season do you feel like the switch flipped with this team? I'm going to go to the game after that against Ohio State. And um, <clears throat> Ohio State didn't have EJ Liddell that game. Um, I don't really remember the exact reason why. But uh, Cleveland State also didn't have uh, their center, uh, second-team All-Horizon League preseason pick. Uh, Al Eichelberger was hurt to start the season, and he wasn't available for that game either. Um, but uh, Cleveland State, that's the game after the Ohio game where everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Vikings. <laughs> but you saw them come out in Columbus in an environment that they could have easily just come in with the the puppy dog eyes and in a big arena like that and just gotten completely overwhelmed especially after their last game but they hung in there with Ohio State the whole game they were leading uh briefly in the second half late in the second half um lost the game 67 61 uh but you saw Cleveland State figure a lot of things out in that game and that's um and the game after that uh, is when they started their uh, long streak of uh, games in the Horizon League uh winning winning streak um so I really think it was that game that not only they figured things out um, on the floor, but they, they proved to themselves that they could play with uh, the, anybody, really. Um, I, we'll, we'll talk about the, our picks for the tournament later on, but um, I, I really like that Ohio team to, to make a little bit of a push. Um, um, so I, I'm not – I'm not gonna hold. I'm, I'm not gonna hold that one too much against them. It was Cleveland State's second game of the year, and um, you know they were working in a lot of new faces at the beginning of the season. Um, now their rotation's pretty much down pat um, as it should be. So, yeah, I think if those two teams played again, I don't know if Cleveland State would win, but Ohio they would definitely be a lot closer of a game. Um, because I think literally the next game, Cleveland State really started to turn their season around. Uh, without question, you know, being, you know, I'm a mid-major graduate myself. I went to Kent State. So I, I know that, you know, you, you, play, you play those schools that, you know, you, you might get boat raced nine times out of ten, but that one time, depending on, you know, depending on, you know, if everything goes right, you know, uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see. Uh, Alec Quaid joins us from HorizonRoundTable.com. He covered the Cleveland State Vikings, who are in the NCAA tournament, a 15 seed. Uh, Alec, what, what do you feel separates Cleveland State from the other mid-majors that are in this tournament? I'm going to say their, their ability to muck a game up. Um, and – Coach Dennis Gay, I, I haven't been the one to ask him about this, but uh, uh, someone else did, and he kind of rejected that idea. But I think the way they defend, um, the way they um, – <clears throat> I'm not 
I'm not too well versed in a lot of the other mid majors in this tournament because I've kind of been in a Horizon yeah. League bubble. Yeah, of course. Pretty much this whole year, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say the way they can change a game defensively. They have multiple guys who can uh, lock down a number one player on an opposing team. Uh, you got Trey Gomillion, who was the conference defensive player of the year. And then you have Demoy Hodge, who I think is a really good defensive player too, um, who can also light it up uh, scoring the ball, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say their ability to, uh, just make a game ugly and uh they're they, they got really the guards have really active hands so and they love to play the passing lanes yeah so um they're i i they got a lot of kids that come from the junior college level they're not going to back down from any of the big 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 time teams in this tournament so I, I I'm just I'm really excited to see what they got that that that's something that really stuck out to me watching that team and and <clears throat> and uh you know we 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 always you know be, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be basketball but you know when we talk about when we talk about um like other sports in cleveland we talk about like you know they got the, they got that cleveland toughness you know that, that mm-hmm. grit you know as we yes. sometimes meme about on twitter you know and and cleveland state's one of those teams i feel like that definitely they definitely showed, and like you said, they're not afraid. I don't feel like they're afraid of anybody. Like I feel like Trey Gomillion could look at a guy seven three and be like, "All right, let's go." Like, like, <laughs> like I don't, and 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 you know, I think I they just they have a toughness about them, and you know, I I think it's one of those where it's like, if you're not from Cleveland, you don't fully get it. But if you're from here and you watch that team, you're like, oh yeah, no, that's that's the epitome of the Cleveland, Ohio, right there. Um, talk, talk yeah, and about- they have a number of guys on the team that yeah. are local. Um, they really made a point of emphasis of finding guys in Cleveland who were overlooked. Um, uh, one of them comes from junior college, Yael Hill, their backup point guard. And um, then you yeah, got they, Demetrius Terry. Uh, yeah, they got from, Terry from St. Ed's, right? Yeah, St. Saint, Saint Edwards, uh, Demetrius Terry. He, he, he's a walk-on, but he's played a little bit uh, throughout the course of the season. And then you got Jason Woodrich, Woodrich from, uh, who uh, did a year of prep school in Pennsylvania after graduating from uh, Beechwood High School. And he really – without him, I don't think Cleveland State's in, in the position they're, they're in because uh, – in the second, in the second half again, in the semifinal game against Milwaukee, he hit three very important three pointers to help them come back in that game. And if, if without that, Cleveland State loses in the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So, and, and I asked Gates about the um, the importance of getting guys from Cleveland, and uh, he said those guys are the they're they're the heart and soul of their team. Um, you know, they just embody everything that it means to be an athlete from Cleveland, and uh, yeah, they uh they're they're just uh he they might they might not be all the like the the most key contributors, but they're they're just the backbone of the, the of the program. Now now forgive me because I don't I don't watch Cleveland State every game, but is Woodridge the one that was gassing up Max Benton, the trainer? No, that's uh that's the uh the other kid from Beachwood, uh Ben gotcha. Sternberg. Okay, talk talk about talk about that be- talk about that bench because I I don't think people, um, 
a lot of people don't, you know, Clark Kellogg talked about it a little bit on the selection show just because, you know, being, you know, he's a Cleveland guy, you know, he pays yeah. attention to this area. Um, talk about like having a camaraderie like they do with that bench mob because, you know, that, I, you know, I jokingly said that might be top five. And, and I know you, you responded, you said that might be the best and, and you might be right. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that, they, they don't they don't really do all like the fancy celebrations. Yeah. But in terms of pure enthusiasm and just pure together and overall togetherness, I you I I'm gonna you'd be hard pressed to find a better one. And um, they went they go so far. I don't know. I'm not sure if this was the case last year when Gates took over, but this year they have uh, a bench captain, uh, Jeremy Sanchez, who. Okay. Uh, who played sparingly this year, who was one of those guys that was a major contributor on last year's team. Um, and then Ben Sternberg, the guy I just mentioned is the assistant bench captain. And uh, before every game, right before tip off, you see the entire bench do a separate huddle, like their own huddle uh, with some of the assistant coaches getting like themselves all pumped up and ready. <laughs> and it, it, it's something I've never seen before. And I think in this day and age with the pandemic, I think it's something that's hundred percent necessary. And I'm surprised that more teams and coaches haven't emphasized that to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Uh, um, and every single one of the horizon league games I've watched uh, Cleveland state's been the most active on the sidelines and most active bench in terms of being involved in the game. And uh, it's really easy to just like sit there and lose interest with, with all the seats so far apart from each other this year. They're, they're not like bunched up together like they normally are, but you, you wouldn't know it from watching Cleveland state um, and, and watching how their, their bench uh, reacts and they just all support one another. I tweet, I, 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 during the season when I would go to the games, I would live tweet from our uh, horizon Roundtable account on Twitter. And um I tweeted uh, right before one of the Cleveland State games. I was I, I was like Ben Sternberg's like the Energizer Bunny on the Cleveland State bench. Watching him go to work is something else. And the tweet literally blew up. Like all the players on the team were like <laughs> retweeting it and liking it. It's like like that's my guy Ben. And so it's it's just the they play they just they, the team just seems to really like each other. And yeah. like I said. Uh, before I was a manager for Cleveland State under Gary Waters, and that particular team did not like each other at all. So um, that it, it's just very interesting uh, comparing how the how the program has evolved. Yeah, uh, you know the the one thing you you brought up, and and I kind of agree with it is you know it it, it strikes me as a uh, situa- situation where they play for each other. You know, they play for the guy next to yeah. each other, and 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 they. You know, it's it's the the cliche. You know, not it's not what's on the front. It's you know, it's not the it's not what's on the back. It's on the front, and and mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the vibe I just get from them. Um, if you and this, and this is kind of random, so I, I apologize for putting you on the spot. If you if you had to if you had to take one of these guys in a bar fight, who are you taking with you? Oh man, um, like who's that guy? That's oh. like, I I don't back down from anybody. I'm going to – oh, you know what? I'm going to have to say two guys. I'm sorry to – No, uh, that's fine. Pop out. Uh, I, I really can't decide between Gomillion and Tory Patton. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're both just absolute pit bulls on the floor and for different reasons. But, uh, yeah, I, I 
I don't know. They're both both JUCO guys that have been overlooked majority of their careers, and uh, I don't know that. That's a great question, but I I don't think I can pick between the two of those, Trey Gomillion and Torrey Patton. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, as we kind of shift focus over to the tournament, um, Cleveland State obviously 15 seed. Uh, they will take on number two seed Houston. Uh, time to be determined. I'm sure as we're recording this, they're going to come out with a with a with a schedule. Um, Alec, Cleveland State gets an upset over Houston if they do what? Yeah, Cleveland State gets an upset over Houston round one. Um, if they, uh, I'm I'm just gonna have I. So I I think it really starts with. Uh, the fact that this is not the worst matchup for Cleveland State as far as schematics are concerned. Um, Houston is not an overly large team in the interior. Their biggest guy, there's their leading rebounder is six foot seven, uh, as is Cleveland State's. So, or no, Torrey Patton's the leading rebounder. Uh, they're t- Cleveland State's starting center is six foot seven, too. Uh, so, and the thing about Houston, Clark Kellogg said on the on the um, on the uh, selection show that the two teams play a very similar style to one another. They both like to uh, uh, muck a game up defensively. Um, they uh, Houston actually holds opponents to just under fifty eight points a game, which is I don't know if it's the best in the tournament, but it, it I'd be hard pressed to find a better team defensively than that as far as from an opponent's points per game perspective but Cleveland State they've shown the ability to uh, compete with the big dogs in the uh, in the Ohio State game and in a victory over Wright State on the road so I, th- I don't think Cleveland State's gonna be intimidated at all uh, Cleveland State in my opinion if they they pull the upset in round one uh, if uh, Torrey Patton uh, and uh, Trey Gomillion just go off, um, which I think is possible. I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really know a ton about this Houston team. Like I said, I've been in a bit of a Horizon League bubble yeah. this year. Um, but I think if Cleveland State can play their uh, is going to play their style of basketball, and Houston is also going to uh, play a similar style. So they're not going to – I don't think it's going to be a track meet. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, uh, which is going to uh, keep Cleveland State in it because I think if it is a higher-scoring game, I don't like the Vikings' chances. But if the game's played in the, the mid-60s, I, I, I think Cleveland State has a very good chance. Yeah, yeah, without question. I, I You know, I, I – I... Being a college basketball podcast, I watch a lot of – I watch a lot of this, and, and Houston runs a lot of – in my personal opinion, they run a lot of, uh, you know, they don't have anyone, you know, they don't have the Al Eichelbergers of the world, you know, who are, who are seven footers coming off the bench. You know, it's very positionless basketball, very, you know, it's a matter of Kelvin Sampson likes five athletes on the floor. Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying though. And, and without question, I think, you know, talking with people as well this week, I, I had said, you know, if I'm Cleveland State, I'm hoping for Houston because I think that's between when you know when you look at Alabama, Houston, Ohio State. Obviously, they already know Ohio State, but the committee has shown they don't really tend to pick teams in the first round that played each other already. Right. I and think the worst scenario would have been Iowa. I agree because I you know Luca, Luca's just a men among boys. And, yeah. 
and, and you know, it, it could have, it could have. I just think schematically that would have been a would have been a rough one for Cleveland State. Oh, 100%. But hundred percent. Out of the out of the other uh, two seeds, um, other than Ohio State, I honestly, I the the one that has me most confident for Cleveland State is the one they ended up getting. Hundred percent, I agree. Um, just you know, and obviously, I know you were you were you were kind of in a horizon league bubble, but just, you know, brackets been out about three and a half hours from, you know, yes. the time that we were recording. Um, are you going Gonzaga or the field? I'm going, I'm, I, 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 I did fill out a bracket already in okay. preparation of this, uh, of this podcast. And yeah. uh, I have Gonzaga, my championship game, but I am going with the field to win it. You're going with the field. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, they, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, you know, uh, with Gonzaga, it's interesting. I mean, you know, they show they, they can beat teams this year. You know, they beat West, you know, they beat West Virginia. They beat, you know, they beat Iowa um, and, and they beat some of these, some of these other schools, but then, you know, like I feel like they almost fly sort of under the radar because of their conference. Um Although the yeah, I mean yeah. That, I mean, I mean you're playing you're playing Pepperdine in Portland, you know. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, is there any you know just off the cuff, and and we kind of already talked about Cleveland State. Is there any is there any upsets you you kind of see round one in your opinion? Yeah, I liked uh, OU to beat Virginia, um, and uh, in my bracket I actually have OU going to the Sweet Sixteen uh, to face Gonzaga. And then in another upset, although the four thirteen five twelve games, I feel like aren't even that considered that much of an upset these days. But I still have uh, Winthrop over Villanova in the uh, South region in the five twelve matchup, uh, and I also have Winthrop going to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, and then in the also in the South region, I have uh, Colgate. I don't know why I picked this, but I have Colgate <laughs> upsetting Arkansas. Quality toothpaste. At, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I looked at the stats and I was like, you know what? I, I don't. I don't like. I just don't like Arkansas. So. Yeah, I, I you I know, it's like this, I just don't like the state of Arkansas. I'm gonna go. Yeah, right. My mom yeah. would do. She doesn't. She doesn't like their politics. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It, it's it's funny. I, I I was I you know another podcast I listened to. They were talking about. They were trying to figure out how many schools have been to the Sweet Sixteen since Arkansas last went. And I I went back through and I looked, and it was like ninety nine different schools. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's insane. You know, credit to Eric Musselman. You know. Brexel high school graduate he's you know they've done an incredible job but I agree uh your thing about five seeds I, I found this interesting I did I dug this up and and you you're kind of correct it's uh according to ESPN five seeds uh five seeds win 64.3 percent of the time over 12s however 2019 is the third time in seven tournaments three 12s knocked off fives yeah so I, I, I get what you're saying yeah I feel like they they designate those 12 or 13 seeds to those mid majors that are really good. Like, yeah. uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Cleveland state could have gotten a, to the 14 line if that, if they're, if they didn't lose by 55 to OU, but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, 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 happened, so. I agree. Um, so before we wrap this up, uh, give, get, you know, you did say you filled out a bracket, give me your final four and your, uh, title game. Okay, sure. So uh, 
my final four. Uh, so representing the uh, West region, I would have Gonzaga, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And then uh, playing them in out of the East region, I have uh, Alabama. Um, I'm a little worried about the player that Michigan just lost. I don't, I can't see him returning. Uh, I don't know if he's already been ruled out. So I, I don't, I don't think Michigan makes it out of that region. Um, given the fact that they're missing, I, what livers is his name? Uh, Isaiah livers. Yeah. Isaiah livers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then out of the South region, I have, um, Baylor. Okay. Uh, I have Baylor over Texas Tech, actually, in that Elite Eight Oh, game. okay. Nice. Um, and then coming out of the Midwest region, I have Illinois. And my championship game is Illinois over Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of that's kind of the pretty safe bet. You know, for those that watch Illinois play Ohio State today in the Big Ten Championship. Like, I, it's like I was texting somebody. I said, I said Illinois is like – Illinois is just stupid good. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you, they have two stars, and they have a complimentary bench. And that's kind of – you know, if you're going to win a national title, you know, that's that's kind of what you need, you know. Yep, yep. And they got if, – if their big guy, uh, Coburn, gets in foul trouble, they got another one on the bench who's not quite as good. They got big Georgie. Like, a European uh, big who's who's uh, who's pretty good can hold his own too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're I think they're just the most complete team this year, um, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens though. It should be an it should be an amazing tournament. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, as far as Cleveland State's concerned, uh, I would I, I, it would not shock me if they uh, gave Houston a very very good game in that in that in that first round game matchup and that is going to be taking place on Friday the time is to be announced as as when we're recording this yeah 100% um so that that'll about do it for this episode uh Alec quick uh get your plugs in let people know where to find you where you're writing at and uh so on sure uh so you can find me on on twitter at alec underscore quates that's k-w-a-i-t and I also do some uh, Browns work for a website called The Game House. Uh, TGH Sports is where you can find them on Twitter. And then you can find uh, Horizon Roundtable at tw- on Twitter at HorizonRT. And that'll do it for this episode of the Possession Arrow. Uh, if you're looking for the bracket, for the bracket breakdown, that will be out this uh, late this evening as well. Uh, we got a lot to cover on that one, um, but I did want, you know, as I said in the beginning, I did want to make sure I get a Cleveland State plug in here, and uh, no better guy, better no guy better than Alec to do it. You can find the Possession Arrow wherever you get your podcast at Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. Leave a rating, leave a review, that would mean a lot. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Pat the Letter N Shaker. And until then, we will see you in the next episode. And as always, cheers, my friends. <laughs>